The sensation comes from something that happened there, not from the street itself, though it has a history of its own that adds to the resonance of the event. During the war between the states, it was a bumpy thoroughfare known as Plank Road, after some progress-minded Montgomerians applied to it the Russian method of smoothing muddy lanes by laying planks of wood across them, which worked fine in the icy tundra, but proved useless in the American South where summer swelter rotted the wood into mush. In the late 1880s, the road was renamed in honor of New York's Grover Cleveland, the first post-Civil War U.S. president to visit Montgomery. It was paved at the turn of the century when the initial generation of gasoline-powered automobiles came chugging into town. Not that many did. Montgomery was essentially a railroad and riverboat outpost, and through the first half of the 20th century, Cleveland Avenue remained an unremarkable road in an average city in the Deep South. That changed on December 1, 1955, when Rosa Louise Parks, a prim, bespeckled, 42-year-old mulatto seamstress, made history by refusing to give up her seat on the Cleveland Avenue bus to a white man. Her courageous act touched off a 381-day boycott of the city's bus system, led by Dr. Martin Luther King, Jr., and is now considered the beginning of the American Civil Rights Movement. As Eldridge Cleaver, author of Soul on Ice, noted of that winter day, somewhere in the universe a gear in the machinery shifted. Within a year after the Montgomery bus boycott, 42 other local movements were organized in the South to combat racial segregation. From that day onward, the phrase, back of the bus, became a synonym for and a rallying cry against racial discrimination. And, to many backward thinkers, Rosa Parks became a pariah. In the aftermath of her intransigence, she received a barrage of death threats. Yet, she continued to reside at the Cleveland Courts Housing Project in a poor part of town known as Peacock Tract with her barber husband, Raymond Parks, and her mother, Leona Edwards McCauley, in shoebox-sized apartment 634. Old-timers say that the two-story red-brick housing project, built in 1941, was a decent place to live when the Parks family resided there from 1951 to 1957. It was a segregated community center of sorts, where Montgomery's African Americans could gather for Saturday barbecues in the grassy courtyard, then proceed the following morning in their Sunday best to their choice of nearby Lutheran or Baptist or African Methodist Episcopal AME churches to praise the Holy Gospel and the everlasting joy of Jesus Christ. We all pulled for each other at Cleveland Courts, Parks recalled. We all loved Jesus and despised Jim Crow. That was then. Four decades later, Cleveland courts had soured into a decrepit eyesore, strewn with the leavings of discarded lives and surrounded by piles of garbage. The complex had turned into a squalid, half-living monument to the failure of Lyndon B. Johnson's War on Poverty, fronting onto a street of vacant lots choked with weeds and broken bottles, a praying ground for crack dealers and prostitutes. All too often, the still night at Cleveland Courts is pierced by random bursts of gunfire and the eventual wailing of ambulances 
sent to pick up the latest casualties of the gang wars. The simple green sign that marks the once muddy street and haunts the soul reads, Rosa L. Parks Avenue. But for all its grinding poverty, violence, and despair, there is still something uplifting about Rosa L. Parks Avenue. Just a block from Cleveland Courts, at the corner where Mosley's Meat World offers collard greens for 99 cents and fresh pork spare ribs for $1.49 a pound, Rosa L. Parks Avenue intersects West Jeff Davis Avenue, named for the only president of the short-lived Confederate States of America, who was inaugurated at Montgomery State Capitol in 1861. There, where the two roads meet, black people and white people pass by in their cars, headed to the same restaurants, swimming pools, high schools, and public libraries. And that simple, mundane sight makes it clear that even with all its crime and destitution, things are better in Montgomery than they used to be. Jefferson Davis's Dixie and George Wallace's Jim Crow are long gone, supplanted by Rosa Parks as the enduring symbol of a more tolerant New South and a more civilized America. As Taylor Branch put it in his Pulitzer Prize-winning history, Parting the Waters, America in the King Years, 1954 to 1963, Parks's character represented one of the isolated high blips on the graph of human nature, offsetting a dozen or so sociopaths. Parks's fearless act of civil disobedience in 1955, her emphatic refusal to budge, on principle, gave credence to novelist Ralph Ellison's claim that after 300 years of white domination, African Americans had learned they could take the head-whipping and still maintain their dignity no matter how brutal the blows. Caribbean historian C.L.R. James, writing to a friend in March 1957, called Parks's intransigence revolutionary, profoundly so comparable to Kwame Nkrumah's successful independence movement in Ghana that same year, and to the dashed Hungarian uprising against Soviet totalitarianism the year before. Here is something that is new, James wrote of the Montgomery bus boycott that predated them both. It's one of the most astonishing events in the history of the human struggle. The Czech Republic's Václav Havel deemed Parks a sustainable hero simply because when her time came, she sat down. Indeed, in the spring of 1989, when a lone Chinese student stood defiantly before an army tank in Beijing's Tiananmen Square, as hundreds of millions of people watched around the world, it was, as South African President Nelson Mandela put it, a Rosa Parks moment. Novelist Richard Wright's posthumously published American Hunger anguished over the paradoxical Negro, who was an organized part of the nation, yet excluded by the entire tide and direction of American culture. By 1999, however, Rosa Parks had clearly smashed through that exclusion. Mainstream America embraced the seamstress from the projects as a national treasure, an icon made flesh. Everyone, it seemed, wanted to pay homage to the octogenarian Parks as the 20th century drew to a close. Time magazine proclaimed Parks one of the hundred most significant individuals of the century, noting that her modesty and serenely human bravery made her unique among global heroes. 
Her status as an unimpeachable heroine, even for a cynical age, was cemented when she was asked to sit next to First Lady Hillary Rodham Clinton at the last State of the Union Address of the American Century, delivered by Bill Clinton the same week the U.S. Senate was deliberating whether to impeach him. It was for moral support that the President asked Rosa Parks to sit in the gallery next to the First Lady, and the legend delivered. The mere mention of her name inspired the longest and loudest applause of the night. A few weeks later, after celebrating a Mass in St. Louis on what would likely be his last visit to the United States, Pope John Paul II met with and blessed Rosa Parks, hanging a long white rosary around her neck in recognition of her Christian contribution to humanity. My lifetime mission has been simple, she wrote the pontiff in deep gratitude, but also concerned about sexism in the Catholic Church, that all men and women are created equal under the eyes of our Lord. Around the same time, former U.S. Poet Laureate Rita Dove published On the Bus with Rosa Parks, a tribute to the emblematic everywoman who changed her nation by sitting there, waiting for the moment to take her. That Rosa Parks deserves to be remembered as the mother of the civil rights movement is beyond dispute. Yet, as the historian Deborah Gray White argues in Too Heavy a Load, Black Women in Defense of Themselves, 1894-1994, Parks was by no means the first of her race and gender to challenge racial segregation laws on a public transportation system. In 1884, Ida B. Wells, a Memphis newspaper woman both renowned and reviled for her crusade against lynching, balked when asked to move from her seat in a white-only